Good afternoon. This is Marjorie Papsteinmetz. Welcome to Caregivers Speak on this amazingly wonderful afternoon in September. We have two guests today um, that are not strangers to this show, and they are Diana Sylvie and Liz Kitchens. Both have been on our show before, and today they're teaming up for a very special show that I think you all will enjoy. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in, and I'd especially like to thank eCareDiary.com for their support um, through all these years and their partnership. Um, My website is MyCaregivingCoach.com, and you can find a great many more resources for caregivers on both those websites, so I invite you to do that. This show will also be taped and archived, and you'll be able to find it online in the next 24 to 48 hours. So I'll remind you of that at the end of our show. So let's begin. Diana Sylvie is a vice president at the Winter Park Health Foundation, and in that role, she has responsibility for all educational programming provided at the newly constructed Center for Health and Well-Being. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. She's a former caregiver, and she remains committed to enhancing community health in the Central Florida area. Liz Kitchens is a writer, an artist, a blogger, and her blog, Be Brave, Lose the Beige, love that title, reaches out to women of the baby boomer generation. Liz founded the Jeremiah Project, an after-school and summer creative arts program for at-risk middle school age students with a focus on pottery. And that's a key piece today. We're going to be talking about using clay and creating pottery and how that can provide a special respite for caregivers. Um, I find this fascinating as a way that all of us can use our hands and our fingers to really create life balance, if you will. So welcome, my two friends. Thank you. My pleasure. Happy to be here. It's great, isn't it? So, Diana, let's begin with you. Tell us about this new Center for Health and Well-Being. And I, I want you to brag a little bit because I understand it's kind of unique. It's a one and only kind of thing here in our country. So tell us about this. It just opened in? The end of April. End of April. So just a few months of experience under our belt thus far, but it's been really um very illuminating for us to learn more about our community and their needs and desires. Um, the center is actually a partnership between Advent Health and the Winter Park Health Foundation. And, and Advent Health used to be Florida Hospital. Florida Hospital. It's a, um, yes. a well-known faith-based health um, system. So yes. I describe it multiple hospitals in many states. So this is a center that marries uh, at the intersection of health, well-being, and many other things. It does. We actually talk about it being a space, and it's a it's a lovely um, eighty thousand square foot facility that really is designed to meld the pillars of wholeness, fitness, and medicine. 
And the idea is that um, we know that people are on a continuum in terms of their health and well-being journey, and there, as a result, are many needs that they um, encounter, and we're really trying to be that one-stop shop. Um, we have in the facility um, a very large um, fitness center with two pools, as well as fitness classes and um, a fitness floor full of equipment, personal trainers, etc. We have educational programming of all sorts, so um, whether you want to learn how to be a good cook and cook nutritiously or you want to know more about knee pain, we usually have some kind of an offering that can help people better understand um, kind of what, what resources will be helpful to them. There are um, Advent Health medical services. So we have primary care physicians, we have an endocrinologist, a gastrointestinal group, uh, rehab is in the facility, uh, behavioral health, a pharmacy, a lab, um, a nutritionist. So kind of the whole gamut of what we think um, most folks will need at really any stage in their life. So um, we're delighted to have seen enough of the data that supports a need for this in our community and also to have done our homework in the sense of really traveling in the country to see what's out there and how not seeing what we wanted entirely but certainly borrowing bits and pieces, how we knit those three worlds together. And we really wanted to go with the sense of well-being as opposed to wellness because well-being is so much more inclusive. And so all of our programming that we do here at the center are based on that concept of, as you stated, Marjorie, balance and the whole person and the seven dimensions of well-being, which we know are physical, intellectual, vocational, social, emotional, environmental, and spiritual. So it's a holistic approach that, you know, we hear that word bandied about a lot, but you're actually doing it here. We are, and part of what my responsibility is, in addition to programming here at the center, is to make that the most seamless experience we can for everybody who comes into the building. So whether they want to use the beautiful gardens outside, the free community walking track, they're seeing a doctor, all of our staff are able to be a support team to them, regardless of whether you work for the fitness center, you work for the cafe, you work for Advent Health, it's that culture of well-being that um, we think makes a big difference to all the people we serve. I love this mission. And across the demographic. Absolutely. So you're just uh, you know, encompassing everything. And Liz, I know that you are a client here. You come here and partake frequently. I had the privilege of conducting a two-part workshop here. Mm -hmm. And we were very intentional about wanting it to be held here because of the emphasis on mind, body, and spirit. And the workshop was targeted to reach caregivers. Mm -hmm. And their spirits needed the nourishment that this center provided. Um, uh, the workshop was called uh, Creating Peace with Your Own Two Hands inspired by Margie Paft, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, um, and, it, and we brought pottery here. It was a two-session two workshop, um, and we had um, our, our participants write six-word stories. 
and I'm a big fan of six-word stories. I'm a, I'm a kind of a creativity evangelist, I'll be honest. And I thought, you know, we were just hoping that doing something really creative could provide a respite for our participants. But so they wrote six-word stories about their um, where they are right now, mm-hmm. where, where they were at that time, and what yeah. they were experiencing. Um, I can't take any credit for that genre. I think um, actually Ernest Hemingway was the uh, oh, yes. <laughs> and he and gambling was involved. He was bet like ten dollars that he uh, he bet a room full of writers ten dollars that he could um, write a short story in just six words. Yes. And they, you know, I'm sure drinking was involved. I'm um, sure it was. And so he wrote <laughs> his story was um, for sale. Comma, baby shoes, comma, never worn. Bad. Oh yes. And some of the stories that were composed during our session were poignant as well. Um, Daniel wrote, "Doing your best is not is never enough," um, reflecting his despair over his care partner's uh, frustrations. Lisa was more positive when she she wrote, "There is always a silver lining." Um, Pat was kind of funny and had like a double entendre with um, this is harder than I thought, speaking of the exercise and <laughs> her experience as a caregiver. But, you know, we came away really admiring the bravery of these caregivers yes. and their journeys and their multiple tasks and responsibilities. And so we were, the, you know, the, the, the people, you know, facilitating this were really felt so enriched by this experience because these people are heroes. They are. Would you, um, to our listeners out today, would you encourage people um, sitting at home to think about their six-word story? I think it's, it's fun and because there's less pressure and I think I think fun is the operative word here. It is. Um, there's much there's less pressure only having to come up with six words. I think the two of you have yes. done this with me too, and yes, it's just have. fun and yes. it's incredibly illuminating. It is. At, and revealing to people around the writer and to the writer too. And then you have mm-hmm. this this kind of mantra on your plate and you know you can take it out to, to eat on the second part of our session was fun because we brought back these fired plates because I have a studio with a kiln and so they ate lunch off their plates and there and and shared some of their stories and mm-hmm. uh, not just these six word stories but many more that so the plate came first they, they and decorated then the, story. the plate, and then the story, and then the decorating, and then the firing, and then the eating, right. and, and a meal. And, and we, the, uh, they had this lovely cafe in this building where we're sitting right now, the Center for Health and Wellbeing. And um, so the food was so nourishing, and the community, you know, it was communal. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have these people share their experience in a really non-threatening and very, very, um, I keep using the word nourishing, but I feel that yes. way about this. Well, the whole thing, yes. So tell us more. Um, when the, the plate, you had people fire, uh, do a plate. Yes, plate, exactly. Yes. With their hands. Yes. And what observations, this is now before the story, this is, I'm just trying to do a plate, 
and I'm trying to form it with my fingers, what kinds of observations did you have about their emotions or their, sort of their, you know, how they were feeling or being or whatever? Well, one woman went to the bathroom and cried. <laughs> yeah. um, it, you know, create. Creativity can be an intimidating yeah. concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so our job is to be pretty reassuring and to offer a lot of help. But it was certainly more than just the plate that that um, made her cry. I mean, she's you could just tell the emotions are very close to the surface. Yes. And um, it was it felt like a debrief in our second session. We were at a you know, a, a rectangular t- table and everybody went around the table and talked about their you know, observations of the process. One woman said her husband was probably dying that day, mm-hmm. but she showed up. Yes. I mean, and, and and I know that might sound not, but she is with this man, you know, 24 hours a day, yes. but she yes. showed up and because these people were unwilling to, to accept a diminished life mm-hmm. in spite of all these multiple responsibilities yes, they, they have. And I know, Diana, you looked in on them because it was in this space. I did. So what kinds of observations did you have about what caregivers were getting from this activity? Well, I think what two things. One, I was really struck by the messages, by the six-word stories. I thought they were um, very revealing, and people were very open with sharing. Um, the other thing that I was really struck by is just the sense of camaraderie that they had. For having only met one other time prior, you know. Right. So for me, that as you said, that communal sense of we're all on this journey. We may be at different places, but we are we are facing similar challenges. Yeah. That was really a unifying um, factor. That literally, when I hit the door, I could feel from this group. So I thought that was you know that was really uh, an indication that it met the needs of that of that entire mm-hmm. group. And I think it was said. They've fed each other. I feel emotional recounting this. It's been, Mm -hmm. it was last April when Mm -hmm. we conducted it. One of the first programs we did here. That's Mm -hmm. right. And um, I have goosebumps hearing you talk about (laughs) it because they're they're support of each other. You realize, I mean, these, to to have more groups like that where people can convene Mm -hmm. in a non threatening and, you know, just. I mean, the act, well, can I read something if you don't mind? This is, uh, this is from a, a, a Margie Papp's blog. Uh, um, <laughs> and this, that, this inspired our workshop. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, this is Mar- Margie. Um, as a caregiver, activities that use our hands also reduce stress as tensions melt into creation, green shoots breaking the soil, a clay cup fire from the kiln or a melody breaking the silence or noise of the day. When we use our hands to create, we discover solace and create peaceful moments for ourselves and our care partners. And that's really important because it's when, when obviously it's like the oxygen mask on the plane, <laughs> when the caregiver is centered, and that's what creativity can do, is just really be centering. And I like that because I'm a potter, and so you center on the wheel, and so it's a good metaphor. Yeah, that's a really important point. When the caregiver can find centeredness and balance, everything is better for them and their 
care partners. And I think even in the case of a care partner who perhaps has dementia and may not yeah. really be fully functioning in terms of understanding, you know, what's going on, that, that ability to sense what's happening in the caregiver always remains. It seems like there's always that connection. Yeah, I bet that's right. You know, you know it's, even if some of your other faculties are, are diminished, that sensory. Yeah, you can pick I up can on the Oh, yes. Yeah, right. The right brain like always is aware, yeah. maybe more aware even. If yeah, that's a good point. If there is real, uh, the caregivers of peace or yeah. relative peace. Because mm -hmm. the agitation, you know they must pick up on. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that residual effect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So just quickly to refer back to a show Liz and I did back in the, maybe I think it was March. Mm -hmm. It's in the archives. And uh, um, I think it was the March uh, show on Tuesday. Anyway, we talked about all the various things that caregivers can do with their fingers. Play the piano, uh, garden, uh, in this instance, clay, cook. And the more that you just use that tactile quality and get your caregiver, your partner, involved, if, you, if that's possible, to be a part of that tactile thing that goes on. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, I, no, um, go ahead. I did a workshop with, um, I think it's called myositis, I can't remember, but it's an autoimmune deficiency. And so there, so I had a, a workshop for caregivers and their partners were in another workshop. And this man talked about how he and his wife um, was a, did sewing and fabric art. And so he started helping her as she, as her, uh, I guess even ability to use her hands was diminished. And he cut pieces out for her. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, we've grown closer because we're equally, we're engaged in this together. And I just thought that was such a remarkable perspective mm -hmm. on his part to see the positive. And like we're, we're becoming closer because I'm yes. involved in this project with my wife and yes. I never had them before. Well, Creative instinct is a way to bring people together, no matter what. Absolutely. Great. So, Diana, how does what we've been describing here, how does this kind of session, I'm guessing you're going to have more of these here of at the course. center. This one's the first question. That the next one. How does this fit with the goals for this center? Well, you know, we um, are very intentional about programming, and um, again, we want to expose people who feel very comfortable with it to, to opportunities, as well as those that maybe are just getting their toe a little bit wet and, you know, want to, want to dive in and kind of feel what the experience is like. But I think as important as all of that is um, we talk about here at the center wanting to be pioneers. You know, and that we are, we are we really are not afraid to take risks, and this whole building is a risk. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but it's one of those those things, in particular, in in a program such as this, that we don't know if it's going to be successful, if it's going to work or not. Um, but we're very, but we certainly do the facilitator, and um, mm -hmm. the premise sounded very solid, and um, you know, we were delighted to be kind of a, an innovator and welcoming such a, a, an offering to our center. But this, this, this center, I, I, would, I would love to, to create a picture of this center. 
every detail is intended. There are these gorgeous, um, what do you call them? Um, medallions. 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 Made from terrazzo they are. and yeah. resin. That are the most beautiful thing. And so it inspires you to want to, to, to be I mean, calm or creative. I mean, they're just beautiful colors. And yeah, the, colors. the lines on the ceiling, the beams on the ceiling, and the meditation garden. Yeah. And Diana is not taking enough credit. I have to, to I will to her word because she was responsible <laughs> for the creation. Exactly. I mean, the architecture alone and the architect who designed it is an artist. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So uh, back to for those in the audience saying, how can we do this? We don't have this kind of center yet, but how can we do this thing that, that Liz put together? How did these, the stages of this work? You know, you mentioned that they had an initial session. They made plates. Yes. Then they created, and the next thing was they created these six-word stories. Yes. Then the next thing was they put it all together and then fired it. Did anybody lose interest? Or I mean, I'm just wondering, were there any pros or cons to having those sessions broken up like that? That's a, such a good question, and one I struggle with all the time. Pottery by its nature requires some patience mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> because it is usually a two-step process. Mm -hmm. and But there's a gift in that as well. And so we got the same people back two weeks later. I think we even had an additional person, and then a, someone couldn't make it back, but they got their plate. So everybody's got their plates. We make sure yes. that they have their plates. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to start talking about how you can do something like this. There are, there are art centers almost in every community. And they're only too happy to open their doors for yes. something like so this. We have, don't we have a, like a fire department store yes. on yes. one of our streets? But even the only other thing I would add about this is this: we feel really intentional about the art of it, not just mm -hmm. instead of, and I, this is going to sound a little snobby, but versus Go ahead, art, snobby. art, art and craft. And, and, and that's, that's a big difference. It there is. is. Thank you. Because yeah. the art does something to your brain mm, yes. that just giving somebody popsicle sticks isn't going to do. Yeah. Well, the other thing I would like to add, as I did not participate, um, other than Margie said to stick my head in and, and the second session and to welcome the group and to kind of sit in on just a little of their experience. But I have done this kind of exercise before, not with a six-word story, but with a plate. And I think... The two-part piece of it is really fun because even though you decorate, you know, at, at the first session, when it comes back finished and fired and glossy and, you know, really complete, it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, I did <laughs> I I that. Yeah. So it's really, I think that two-part is, is really important, not only because it really has to work that way, but it's, it's, it's a chance then on that second session to look back on what you accomplished. I love that. Thank, I, I thank like you that for that, that perspective. It's not, we always say it's like Christmas Eve when we open the kiln, or Christmas yeah. morning when we open the kiln and see these array. Yeah. We actually do this program with um, at-risk middle school age students. That's the Jeremiah Project you referred to. And these are kids whose lives are harder than we can ever begin to imagine. And so it's using kinesthetic learning and touching yeah. the clay and 
place of grounding and it kind of grounds you. Yes. You use it. So the result of it with, and the creativity of it follows the form and function of what pottery has to have happen, which is you have to fire it mm-hmm. and then come back again. But that enhanced the creative process. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about yeah. it. And, you, and you, you almost, this is a stretch I realized, but you're like, wow, I'm somewhat of an artist. Look what I created. And that, that's exactly, <laughs> no laughing. It is yeah. so true. But you know, any, any so really true. professional artist will tell you that they don't know where they're going sometimes. And they'll start a painting, and they'll look at it and go, oh, this is a piece of you-know-what. And then they leave that and come back and maybe add a few things. Then they begin to think, oh, this could become something. So the creative process is really something that really has to be done in stages, and it can often not look so good in the beginning. And so in many ways they're mimicking the creative process of even very, very professional artists. Mm-hmm. And the creative process of being a caregiver. Because yes, like exactly. When you start, when you draw that first line, that first line will tell you where to go next. That's the creative process. And the same thing exactly. with a caregiver. You don't know where your path is going to no. be. And so it can, it, when you said mimic, that exactly. may be. Exactly. The whole that. intuitive, it, it enhances a caregiver's intuition. Mm-hmm. And that's all good. Yeah, it's as you say, it is all good. You can't. There's nothing yeah. bad about that process. Well, ladies, we're getting close to the end of our interview, and I try to always ask this question at the end. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with us? Something that I haven't asked you today that each of you would like to share with our listeners. I guess the only thing I would add is um, I very much believe in the power of the arts as it relates to um, the caregiving journey and life in general, quite honestly, particularly with caregiving. And so even those caregivers who perhaps don't think of themselves as creative or artistic should um, deeply consider Mm -hmm. it as a way to express themselves as they're as they're challenged and as they're, you know, experiencing the good of the caregiving journey as well. So, um, you know, I know some people journal. Um, there are a number of ways to to actually um, kind of communicate those feelings, but certainly the arts is another one I would absolutely recommend. That's a really good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. And to think of creativity that you focused on rather than, Art. Sometimes people truly <gasps> really nervous about art. Right. That, that if it's like, well, we're all creative, mm-hmm. you know, right. we, we can we can all manage that. Liz, how about um, you? Just going back to the workshop, um, I'm always it, it just kills, floors me when people say, oh, I'm not creative at all. You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> and they want to go running from the room or read a book. So be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. It it is it as Audrey said. Well. I have to say a bad word on the air. Is that all right? Well, <laughs> how bad is it? It's not that bad. Um, there's a writer, Anne Lamont, who's one of my oh, favorites, sure. yeah. and she has written books on how to write books. And her mm-hmm. says her first thing is write a shitty first draft. <laughs> so, I mean, put one line down. It's not going to look that great, and it's okay. Yeah. And be forgiving of yourself because right. you just uh, you go back and you – Work sure. it, and so that's so write the six part. words and 
singleback. Yeah, keep working at it. Yeah, get it is the most the, the fun part. I think the six words has all cut for daily use. You know, get up every day and write six words. I think that could be a very interesting wow, exercise. Interesting. And then aside from the pottery piece. Well, Margie lives her words. <laughs> She's a writer, obviously, and has a very creative um, uh, radio show. And you really try to bring interesting people on, and, and you do such oh, good work. Thank you. Thank you very much, Liz. And thank you both. Diana and Liz. I'm sure this is Lovely. not the last time they'll be on the show. Especially since now that we know we can get champagne. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I, I brought these two guests some champagne today because they've been on this show so many times. And uh, I want to thank all of you in the audience for tuning in to Caregiver Speak today. And um, I also want to remind you all that. Um, Listen to this again. You may want to do that. The show archive will be out in 24 to 48 hours. And encourage a friend, as always, to listen. Sometimes 2 o'clock Eastern time is not a time conducive to listening. Some Many caregivers are often not busy, but you can always listen to an archive later on. So thanks again. Thank Have a you. great, wonderful day. And take care. We're sitting here at the Center for Health and Well-Being in Orlando, Florida. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hopefully people will.